You've created your business and now it's time to protect it. Whether it's your podcast, speaking engagements that you do virtually or live on in-person stages or the community that you've built, you want to make sure that what you've created is taken care of and well protected. This is where AWB contract templates come in. They're customizable, quick and easy to complete and cost a fraction of working with a lawyer one-on-one. They have tons of options available so you can choose the ideal one for your business needs. It's an instant download. You get a Word doc template, you fill in the blanks and in about 20 minutes, you're all done. Visit pauseontheplay.com forward slash contracts today to pick out your new business contracts. And when you check out, be sure to use the code PLAY for 20% off your contract purchase. That's P-L-A-Y in all caps for 20% off. Protect your business with AWB contract templates. It's all about flaunting your fire. And if you're not taking the opportunity to do that, you kind of just get drowned out with the rest of the noise. And at that point, whether you spend a little bit of money or a lot of money, you're typically not going to get the results that you want. Screw the template, own your values, and amplify your influence. This is the Flaunt Your Fire podcast where we defy still marketing advice and own our power. I am your host and founder of Flaunt Your Fire, as well as the co-founder of Pause on the Play, India Jackson. And today I have a special treat for you. I am joined today by Gerard Norman. And if you are not familiar with Gerard Norman, let me introduce you to him. He's such an amazing, incredible human being that I had the pleasure of meeting in person as a part of an interesting business networking group way back in the day in Virginia Beach area. And we just continue to keep in touch. And I think there's a power in really being able to continue to nurture the relationships that we create and turn those kind of connections and introductions into relationships. And over the time, I've gotten to know a lot about Gerard, but I want to share with you some really cool things about him. So Gerard is just an amazing human. He's the father of two wonderful boys, Joseph and Zamari, and the husband to his beautiful wife, Danielle. He started working in the shipyard industry in 2003 in the Newport News apprenticeship building aircraft carriers and submarines. He rose through the ranks, but was often met with opposition because he didn't understand the politics of this industry. He thought that having integrity and pride in your work and getting it done right would elevate his career. He was very wrong. He tried starting side hustles, but they never fully took off. And in May of 2012, he was hit by an 18-wheeler truck and couldn't continue working in the yard and was forced to find new ways to take care of his family. In this process, he created his own rules and his own culture and actually created his own business. Gerard, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, India. I truly appreciate that gracious, gracious introduction. And uh, it's been a pleasure getting to know you over the years. You're an amazing, amazing person. And I know anybody who's shown up to any of your podcasts um, already knows that about you, but it's been a true pleasure getting to know you as well. Oh, thank you. And I know um, in your bio, we talk a little bit about your background and how you landed to where you are today. But could you tell our listeners a little bit 
about, you know, what you do now and the business that you've created since this wild journey you've been on since 2003? Yeah, no problem. So right now what I do is um, I focus on social media marketing. There's just so many different forms of digital marketing out there. And, you know, there's a lot of people that focus on many areas. The area I like to focus on the most is social media. We're talking Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, LinkedIn, TikTok, things like that. And the reason why I like to focus on that is because I feel like, you know, it's a fitting title, Flaunt Your Fire. It's the perfect way to flaunt your fire and get yourself in front of the people who you want to uh, do business with. Uh, A lot of times I feel like there's people who have great products and services, no matter which side you fall on. And I think the only issue they run into is they don't know how to get in front of the right people without, like you said, the thing, the place where we met, it was good. And at the same time, not having to run from place to place to place to meet people. If you, I'm going to keep using that flaunt your fire because I think it's hot. If you (laughs) use social media to flaunt your fire, you can grow your business the way you want to grow it and you can do it on your own terms. And that's what I help people do um, nowadays. I love it. I love it. I love how you threw in the branding in there as well. Noted. (laughs) (laughs) It's the truth though. Um, Again, speaking to your talent, like uh, that was something that stood out to me is just the way that you pull that out of people. And even with the title of this and, and that being the title of your business or the name of your business, I just, it just speaks volumes and it just, I don't know, it, it just, it just feels right. So I'm going to use it as many times as I can so I can plug you guys while you guys are helping me as well. <laughs> Too funny. And I mean, one of the cool things that you do is in particular, you dig into an area that I think is a mystery of how to optimize or even just get started for so many of my listeners, and that's social media ads. So could you talk a little bit more about you know, what it's like to even be in that arena and like, why do social media ads matter so much at this point? Yeah, of course. So just being in that arena, the first thing I realized is that the information that's being taught to a lot of people, I'm not going to say it's 100% correct, but I just feel like there's, there's not enough detail. Uh, to an extent, you don't want to overwhelm people with the details, but I think the biggest thing that I learned and that I've, uh, I've learned from my mentors and just from being in the businesses, when you choose to do social media marketing, it allows you to put your own personal spin on there differently. Like, Let's take, for instance, if you were to do a radio ad, I can pick, let's say, ESPN Radio. ESPN Radio talks about sports. So if I'm a guy that wants to market to more guys, most, you know, that's really who their audience is. But I can't, mm-hmm. you know, they have their demographics down. Let's just say it's a certain age group. All that's great. And at the same time, it's not personal enough because I feel like it's social media. Let's say, again, just using ESPN, for example, the range is from 18 to, to 60. That's great. And when it comes to sports, 18 to 60-year-old men, yeah, I think that for the most part, they take it all in the same, whether their mindset is uh, in different places with their outside life is one thing, but I feel like sports is like a common ground. There's going to be agreements, there's going to be disagreements. But the cool thing is if I wanted to market to those same people on social media, and if I knew that there was something that speaks to an 18-year-old to 24-year-old person, which even in that six-year gap, they're, they're different stages of life, right? I mean- so if I want to talk to them versus talking to the older crowd, the 55 plus, I can speak directly to the the problems and situations that the 55 plus is having that the 18 to 24 year olds don't have. And then that way my ads could be more targeted. I could be more personable. And the cool thing is when, you know, and a lot of people have talked about this over the years, but when 
you understand someone's problem and you offer a solution, they're more likely to listen to you. And how 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 much more understanding can you show it, it you know towards someone's problem when you show up and you start talking to their problem directly and you start to make them feel like you're talking directly to them. That's the key to, you know, doing a social media. Yeah. And what stands out to me is part of what we talk about here at Flaunt Your Fire is that that visibility that you are are working on through doing these ads of being visible to more people is a two-way street, right? So you can't just put out the content and and then pay money to run ads to it. But you also have to take the time to actually understand what are the challenges of someone who likes sports and is 55 plus versus someone who's 25 plus and actually get to know them. And that kind of contributes to speaking to their challenges, right? You're absolutely right. And I think that's a big part that most people miss is they want to go if they're you know, a lot of people are already scared to go try these ads. They'll spend a dollar and say it doesn't work, which you, know, you can't do that. But then if they are willing to go do it and they say, you know what, heck, I'll, I'll, hell, I'll spend $30 and see if it works. At the end of the day, it's not a lot of money, but the fact that you're taking that step is great. But the thing is, they'll just go straight to Facebook and they'll just, you know, mess around with a few things and turn it on. And they didn't do the work before they got on Facebook to determine, like you said, who, the, what are they selling? Because if you have, you know, I saw an ad the other day for a local company. They were doing residential and commercial uh, pressure washing. But I'm a homeowner, right? And I'm a business owner. But you know, I, I, I'm not worried about commercial because I pay somebody rent for them to worry about that. So when you show up in an ad to me, if you want to do it for my home, then I have a different issue. Like it might be embarrassing to have all that green stuff. Maybe you can play to that part of me, or maybe you know. Like the homeowners association is saying, hey, you know, you just got to have it done so so often. So those are different problems I would face as a homeowner. As someone who's commercial, doesn't mean anything to me. So if you show up in that ad, and um, it, you know, and you don't specify what service you're going to and who you're targeting, then you're going to talk to me about both, and you're going to lose me because you're not talking directly to my problem. It's just a blanket statement at that point, and you could have just shout that out on the radio. Uh, it makes me think of spray and pray. <laughs> exactly what it is to, you know, to an extent, it's exactly what it is. So like you said, the first thing you always have to do is you got to decide, all right, what product am I selling? One product for each ad. Don't do more than one product in each ad. The second thing is who am I selling it to and get real specific. I mean, age group, can the age group be broad? Yes. But you got to think about it. No matter what age you are, when you're listening to this podcast, the person that you were years ago, you're not the same person. That makes so much sense. And I, I kind of want to like pull back for a moment and really look at like some higher level thinking of like, why are we running these ads in the first place? And, you know, what is different about your approach to this or how you see differently than most of your industry? Because I think we all have been like given the DM of like, hey, you want us to run and get you like 20 new followers per day on Instagram. <laughs> we can do that for a dollar a day. And it's like, okay, but that doesn't work. So <laughs> I have my own very strong opinions about what's not working in like the social media marketing industry. But from your perspective, what do you see is happening in your industry that is not working? First thing, kind of going back to running multiple running multiple products or services in the same ad. I'm not going to say that pictures don't work. Pictures do work. And there's people that make a lot of money with those. But I feel like using stock photos, I think you can get away with it for a short amount of time, but I just feel like there's no connection. There's no connection to who you are. Uh, Again, 
to use use the branding, it's all about flaunting your fire. And if you're not taking the opportunity to do that, you kind of just get drowned out with the rest of the noise. And at that point, whether you spend a little bit of money or a lot of money, you're typically not going to get the results that you want. And when that happens, then, you know, you're like, oh, well, this doesn't work and that's cool. But I think it does work. Did you put in the work to make it work? Because when it comes to marketing, I feel like that's just social, but, you know, especially for social, you're either going to do nothing and keep getting the same results or keep running around like I used to from place to place, handing out cards. Um, That can work. It's tiring, right? You do nothing. You learn it yourself, which I'm a big proponent of that. Of course, I like getting paid, but I really feel like to an extent, no one can speak to your audience and deal like you can. And that goes the same for every other business owner. So if you're not in a position to pay someone learning it, it's not as in-depth as most people think, especially if you just learn the basics. And then the third part of that is you pay someone like myself or um, Indy and I do different things. And of course, if you need any of her services, definitely give her some money because she knows her stuff. But I just feel like most people, they they end up in the do nothing category. And then they mm-hmm. wonder why their life's not changing. They wonder why they're not getting more customers. They don't know where their customers are coming from. And there's simple ways just to get the ball started. Like some of the simple strategies I have, they might make you money overnight. I'm not saying that they will, but at the same time, it's a lot better than what you're doing right now in most cases, because it just seems like most people are doing nothing. And those times when, like you had mentioned my story in the beginning, I, I, I distinctly remember going into this Walmart across the street from my house and handing out, I had a box of like a thousand business cards. And within a week, I could hand out at least half, if not the whole thing. I mean, I was just in Walmart, just hand to hand, hand to hand. And it was great, but nothing ever happened. And it was just like, huh. At the time I was in survival mode. So to sit back and think how I could do that better, I didn't have the the, the thought process to sit back and reflect as much because I was surviving trying to, you know, I just lost my house trying to figure things out. But Imagine if I could go to that same Walmart, but when I go to Walmart, it's all the people that I wanted to be there that want to find out more about what I do because those are the type of people that are already interested. Right. And my my mind goes to like, but are your people even at Walmart? <laughs> True. Back then, I didn't know. So that gives me the opportunity to talk to the same people. Like, granted, I'm not saying that all these business owners at Walmart are handing out cards, but are, you know, are you going to places where your ideal customer doesn't hang out? And if you're going there and you're spending your time there, how are you making money? Right, right. It's about impact. And at the end of the day, like all of us need to make money to, to be able to do what we need to do. So um, whether that's first or second, um, doesn't matter. I mean, that's that's on you, but you have to make some money. And time, I, I, I really don't like to go with the old adage, time is money, because to an extent it is and to an extent it isn't. Um, but if you're spending time somewhere and you're not making any money and nothing's happening, and you're still having the same conversations, then, you know, one video on social media promoting your services could change your life. Especially if you're in a local community, you don't need to target the whole country like I do for some of my clients. You know, we met in Virginia Beach and if I wanted to take over Virginia Beach, I could do it within a month. Right. And so I also want to know, like, what might you say differently if you knew that some of our listeners um, that tune into this podcast have multiple six-figure businesses and are already, um, you know, at a point of a certain level of success, but for them getting more strategic because they're already running ads would really help them get to that next level to hit that million dollars that they're looking to hit. That is a great question. So, 
most of our clients are in that range. And for them, it's usually just one, evaluating your process that you have right now, you know, um, creating your value ladder. So what, you know, again, what product or service are you selling and who are you selling it to? All right. And if you're already running ads, how are you monitoring those ads? Are they working? Are they converting? Do you know your cost per lead? And do you know your cost per sale? Most people don't. And it's, it's, it's common, right? I talk to a lot of people, like I was just on a call before we got on this call. And like you said, you were talking all day and I wasn't supposed to be talking up to our interview, but they didn't know their, they didn't know their cost per sale, which at first it was weird to me, but I thought about it when I was, you know, in a certain situation, even when I, you know, I didn't know my cost per sale and I had to figure that out. So until you understand how much it costs you to get someone's information and until you understand how much it costs you to convert those people, then, you know, your, your business can't ever be consistent and predictable. And I would urge anyone who's at that level, who has the, the funds to do advertising and may already be doing it, that's the first problem you need to solve. And it may not be 100% correct, but if it's not correct or it's something that you can't dig up from the past without spending a whole bunch of time, just start today. From today, when I spend this money today, how much money did I spend? How many leads did I get? Out of those leads, how many sales? So I guess a, a smaller example would be if it cost me a dollar to get someone's information. Um, so that's a dollar a lead and I got 10 leads before I got a sale, then it's a dollar a lead, $10 cost per sale. And once you understand that and you can see those numbers happen consistently and over time, then it's up to you. You can actually write your own paycheck at that point. I'm like, all right, well, how much, you know, I ask my clients now, how much do you want to make? You know, some of our clients make, um, man, $30,000, $40,000 a month, um, you know, running ads with us. And I'm like, well, how much, do you, how much, you know, this is our, your cost for sales. So like 40, let's say from one of the clients uh, who we were just having this conversation was like $43 cost per sale. Well, as long as these numbers remain true, how many more sales do you want? Well, damn, Gerard, I want this many sales. Well, we need to spend 43 times this many sales and this would get us this. And if it doesn't get us this, it'll either be higher or lower. And if it's higher, then that's great. And if it's lower, then we reevaluate. Maybe we reel in the, the, the ad budget a little bit or make some changes based on what the information is telling us. Um, so it's, it's, it's really a lot about understanding that process. But knowing your numbers is where I see a lot of people, especially when they get that high up, because at a certain point, they probably weren't making any money. And now that they're making money, it's like, great, I'm making money. Things are going good. But you just, you know, you don't, it's not consistent. It's not predictable. Mm. Normally, I would ask for like one thing to people for people to go do after listening to this episode, because I like to keep it actionable, but I think that is it, is to go figure out your numbers if you're already running ads. And if you're not, you know, it takes a, a moment to really get clear on, based on this type of people that you want to pull in, where are they hanging out? Just because you've seen people running ads on Instagram, and that's the, the craze right now, you know, doesn't mean that your people are on Instagram. Maybe they're on LinkedIn. We have quite a few clients using LinkedIn and getting a lot of results from LinkedIn instead of Instagram because the type of services that they're offering speak to more of who's on LinkedIn or the mindset that they're in when they're there because that's a part of it too. Um, I also want to be very transparent here that we do not support people at Flyer Fire specifically with setting up and running ads. Um, we can give it you an overarching strategy for your marketing, right? And see where do ads fit in. But we partner with people like Gerard and his brand and his team when it is time to actually start implementing that 
process and getting things set up on the back end. You don't want me running your ads for you. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, like you said, what what you do though, you you're, you're really good at. So, um, and and the same thing for me. What you do, I I'm I'm not good at that. So if I have someone who needs your services, like I'm gonna send them your way. And even when it comes to what I do with paid ads, every client's not always the right fit. And some people are scared to say that. And I think that especially for people who are in the six figures and seven figures range, depending on your product or service, realizing who's a good fit, who's not, who's causing you headaches, who do you like working with, who uh, who makes you feel a certain kind of way when you see a message come across. Maybe you shouldn't be working with them, that type of person, or maybe it's just that person. So understanding who you want to work with overall. Couldn't have said that better. Um, and I think that it's so important that when you start working with someone on building out strategy, ads, anything within the infrastructure of your business, you know, really taking a look at, are they a team player and do they communicate well and integrate the pieces from the other things that you're doing? Cause very clearly, like I don't do certain parts, draw doesn't do certain parts, but the ability to maybe take a look at the overall brand and marketing strategy and say, okay, here's what's happening here. And now that I know these things that this one brand has already created for you, I can see that your people that you would want to get in front of might be watching this type of movie or this type of TV show or reading these books, right? Um, allows your social media ads person to get even more specific so that instead of that example of getting out the business cards at Walmart, they're giving out the ad to the very specific people who are aligned with you in the first place. Very true. Very true. And something you said a few clicks back was understanding your platform. Like you said, some people are having much better success on LinkedIn um, versus Instagram. And, you know, Facebook and Instagram technically run on the same platform uh, the way we do it. But, you know, there's times where we see that Facebook outperform Instagram um, and vice versa. And sometimes it'll be a client who's mainly an Instagram person like, well, hey, the numbers say that Facebook's working. So do you want us to keep making you money here or do you want to pay more for the same money on Instagram? I mean, not to say we won't stop running ads there, but understanding your platform is great. Trying not to dominate all the platforms at once. I think that's a mistake a lot of people make. I think you should get a a platform up, um, decide how long you want to run on it. I would say if you're going to test any campaign, you should be willing to give it up to three months minimum. And if you start seeing fire and catching success with it early, then uh, and you can get it consistent and predictable, then yeah, that that leg is up. Let's say that leg was Instagram. Well, you know, I want to try YouTube now. Instagram's rolling. All right, YouTube doing the same kind of situation, but understanding that the each platform is different. The way you shoot videos for YouTube is different than how you shoot the videos for uh, Facebook and Instagram. And if you can get that platform up, cool. And if not, then you ran a test and you realize when you compared apples to apples what you did there versus there this one doesn't work as good or it works as great. And then you just make decisions there. Um, I think for a lot of people, the marketing is just little decision after little decision. And the decisions come from understanding the numbers and what they mean. And I think uh, a lot of people who just throw things up there or have people in place, especially the people in place, because like we've talked about, there's a lot bigger companies we're starting to work with and you know they're making money. And I'm like, wow, like you guys don't understand this. Um, because to an extent, the stuff I learned, you don't learn in school. Like I spent, 
I don't want to exaggerate the number, but I'd say a minimum of a hundred to to two hundred thousand dollars minimum, if not more, learning this skill set. And it wasn't anything that was in those college books. Um, not that I went to school for it, but I know people who did. And the stuff that I learned and I was taught by people who have real life examples, they're not teaching in school because you have to catch up with what's really going on. Yeah. I mean, it um, evolves every day. I believe the pixel just changed again, like a couple months <laughs> ago, right? For the new iOS update. And I'm like, I don't even know what the hell this means, but how to do my research and figure it out. <laughs> exactly. It's a consistently changing game. And if they were that good, they wouldn't be at school teaching it. They'd be out there making money with it. Yeah. I mean, and I, I think that it's important, you know, as we kind of come to the end of the episode to remind you that those numbers that you're looking at on the back end, there's humans behind them. They're not just numbers. They're individual, real people clicking, watching, listening, consuming, and witnessing your brand. And when you can remember that there are humans behind those numbers, it can allow you to really ask yourself who's here and who's there and why, and what is speaking to them on each one. Because even though Facebook and Instagram are owned by the same human, you know, at the end of the day, there are very different people that are on Facebook sometimes and on Instagram. Like, I mean, when my grandmother was still living, she was on Facebook, you know, at 80 years old, but could not figure out Instagram. If that gives you any inclination as to like one small piece of age diversity there. And then the mindset that they're in when they're on each platform is going to be very different as well. That's a very, very, very good statement. Um, Yeah. Understand again, understanding that platform and who you're talking to. And that is one thing I didn't say, like you said, everybody is like all those numbers that you're looking at, they are people. And for me, when I talk to my clients and before I even sign anybody up and I was just having that conversation before I got on this call is, you know, I know that when someone gets on the phone with me, they're trying to see if they're going to hire me. But I, you know, and I eventually end up telling them that it's more about whether I'll take you on as a client or not. Um, because there's there's other people that you can work with. I want to work with people who are passionate about what they do and care about the people that they affect. If you're out here trying to scam people, which I usually don't get people approaching me in that aspect, but if you're trying to scam people, if you're not an honest person, if you don't have integrity, then I can't push your brand because that diminishes my not even my brand because I, you know, at the end of the day we all have to care about the brand, but when it comes to integrity, it ain't about brand to me. It's about being a person who's going to do what they say they're going to do. And if I don't get that feeling from you when we're having a conversation, then I'm fine with referring you to somebody else that may not care as much, that knows their stuff, um, or just completely walking away from it. Because I just think it's important that, you know, everybody has the right to put out what they want in the world and everybody has the right to work with who they want to work with. Um, But I think going back to your point that there's a person on the other side, if you do your homework in the very beginning and you study those numbers and understand why you're not getting the results you want and you keep them at the head of your decision-making process, then marketing's easy at that point. Um, one thing that one of my mentors always says, tech shit is tech shit. Um, the Facebook, you know, the back end of Facebook slash Instagram, it's all tech shit. Um, it, it's not hard to figure out. And at the same time, some of the higher end clients, of course, they're not going to want to figure that out. The real magic in running um, social media advertising is getting the information and doing the homework up front. So that way you get the close to hitting the target the first time versus repeatedly missing it. And you'd be surprised how easy it is to get in front of your people and to get some great feedback. And at that point, I mean, granted, we don't have time for it on this episode, 
if we did, I'd be going to the whole conversion thing. Like, all right, now that you have people coming in, you got clicks coming in, you got leads coming in. Oh, I'm not getting sales. Then what I would do is like, all right, so I'd, I'd look at the whole process and I call it a leak assessment. Where are people falling out? How do we fix that one thing? And then we get them back in. So, so important. And I'm going to say, um, for those of you that just heard that piece, you know, Gerard, you offer some amazing services over at your brand. Please go check him out. Your agency has just done some incredible things. And I've noticed like the content that you and your team were putting out during COVID and it's just such a fun vibe. And I know most people listening are like, yeah, as you said, tech shit, <laughs> tech shit for real, because they don't want anything to do with it. It's intimidating. They're like, get me out of here. And that's why they're hiring professionals like you. Um, before I let you go, I wanted, I thought it'd be fun to ask you, well, number one, to share with people where they can find you <laughs> if they're interested okay. in learning more. Okay. First off, the easiest way to find me would be on Instagram. Um, my Instagram is a mix of business, but honestly, it's mainly personal. My son's everything to me. And of course my wife, but most of the time <laughs> it's up there stuff of him and myself, but you can find me on Instagram at Gerard, J-E-R, A-U-D underscore G-A-V-E. Um, and the G-A-V stands for gratitude, appreciation, visualization every day. Um, also, you can check us out at GerardMarketing.com if you're interested in talking. There's a contact us page where you can book an appointment. Um, that was the first thing. What was the second thing? So the second thing is I thought it'd be fun with the few moments that we have left to quickly ask you, um, like lightning round style, a couple of questions. <laughs> and you Stay just kind of roll through the answers. I'm there. Let's do it. All right. What has been your most satisfying moment in your business? Oh, man. I think one of the most satisfying moments was the first campaign I ran for uh, one of my first clients was the UFC gym and they didn't pay me. I spent my own money running their ads, but uh, I told myself I was going to work with the UFC. I love mixed martial arts and to go in there and close them. Even though I spent my own money, I brought them customers. That was probably one of the most satisfying moments. Mm. If you're talking about the one I think you're talking about, there's such great vibes there too. The people there are very nice. Yeah. Awesome people. Okay. If you could make one of your hobbies into a profession, which one would it be? Oh, being a dad. (laughs) I feel like that is a profession in itself. It's just not paid. (laughs) It is. Uh, One thing I do want to do, and uh, granted I'm setting things up is, um, I was a single father for a long time and I had to get custody of my son, had full custody of him since he was 10 months old. And I just feel like there's not, there's more fathers need to fight more for their kids. Not saying that you're always going to be the better parent. You need to be real with yourself. And at the same time, just accepting that you're on somebody else's terms, seeing your child isn't good. So that is something I want to do. It just feels weird to charge teaching guys how to you know, get their kid and all that other stuff. Um, I just feel like it should be information you should give. Mm. Yeah, that's such a big thing. And thank you for sharing that because it's something that has been on quite a few people in my network, both personal and professional radar. And yeah, those resources just don't exist. I know. All right. I'll leave you with this last one. Who has been your greatest inspiration? Oh, wow. (sighs) Honestly, I'd have to say my son because uh, I feel like... In life, you know, I was always smart. I was book smart, a little street smart, but uh, my awareness and dealing with people, I let a lot of things slide. And once I knew he was on the way, it just transformed me. And I just realized that 
there was a lot of gaps I had to cover. Um, and he's probably been the biggest change maker. Um, I was going to say myself at the risk of possibly sounding arrogant, but one, <laughs> but no, it's but, honest but, though. <laughs> one of my coaches told me before he was like, you know what? At the end of the day, if you don't take action, then there, there, there's nothing. So, you know, to come from where I came from, I don't even think it, it sounds, it was pretty bad, but it sounds mean worse when other people talk about my story than when I lived it. If you ask my wife, man, it's, it's almost like a documentary when she starts talking about it and crying, but, um, just, I, it, I would say my son and myself, because I know that we all have something special inside of us. It's just whether we choose to tap in and I, and I damn sure chose to tap in. Oh, I couldn't leave without this one because of what you just said. So bonus question is what <laughs> has really supported you with tapping in and finding that fire that you have and being able to flaunt it? Damn, you're good. Um, <laughs> I would say <laughs> when I was referring to my Instagram, that whole Gabe situation, um, when I got into personal development, once I got in the accident, I realized that all the different people I listened to were basically saying the same thing. And so I, I boiled it down to, I need to be more grateful, start my day from that, be, need more appreciation, which there's a difference. And I need to visualize what I want. And I remember I used to write it down, G-A-V. I don't know how I got that order. And then one day I just put an E on it and I was like, well, shit, you just do this every day. And if you do this at the beginning of the day and at the end of the day, then, you know, it, it gives you more opportunity to control your life. And from that spawned what I call bulletproof mindset, which is, you know, I thought we were going to be, you know, possibly on camera, but I wear a bulletproof mindset every day. It's my other brand. And it's just for me, no matter what happens, I'm going to keep going. Um, there's too many people that depend on me. And, um, you know, my whole goal is to change my family tree and, you know, you, you can't fish, you know, what they say, you, uh, you teach them how to fish. So I, I I do want to help my family get out of financial debt because there's a lot of debt that, you know, a lot of our family has been put into unbeknownst to them. Um, I want to help them get out of debt and I want to teach them how to fish with all the people. Like, you know, there's, there's situations where you can help. I got clients that do a lot teaching people passive income, setting them up so they can learn passive income so they can get their lives back. So, um, it would have to be a combination of those things I just named. So beautiful. Thank you so much for your wealth of knowledge, your expertise, and just sharing so much of yourself here on this episode. I so appreciate you being with us today. I appreciate you, India. I really do. Um, you're an amazing person. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, I think life's really about meeting great people and, and staying in contact. And I'm just glad that you and I had that opportunity to to get together on a few occasions in person and that we're still talking here today. I love everything that you're doing. You're an extremely powerful woman and um, I'm just happy to support anything that you're doing. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much. Uh, my heart is smiling. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, if you've been listening to this episode and you've taken interest in Gerard, he's such a great human. And honestly, uh, we say it all the time about aligning who you are with what the world sees and who you got to hear here today is really the way Gerard is all the time behind the scenes, on Instagram, on phone calls, in meetings that we've had in person and I'm going to encourage you to head on over to Instagram, check him out, head to the website and learn more about the services and sign up because there's so much power to grow from a very intentional place through social media ads. And also it's just great to have wonderful humans in your network like Gerard. 
Thank you for listening to this episode. We have a couple of cool ones coming up soon. So make sure you stay tuned. And I'm also going to encourage you to head on over to pauseontheplay.com slash community and learn more about our online community. We actually now have a training in there from Gerard that takes you through how to be able to start running your social media ads. Um, and you'll get to get to know him better in the communal space and also some other incredible humans like him because there's just so much power in having a network that is diverse, equitable, inclusive, and completely focused on being able to get unique messages out in a way that supports everyone involved. So there's always great opportunities there and great conversation to be had. See you in the next episode. Ready to get clear on what matters? Let's do this. From implicit to explicit is a framework that helps you to get clear on what matters and how it informs the way you live and lead in your workplace. Whether it's focusing on the team building and connection that can happen when you talk about what matters to you as a person or how it informs the outcomes that you seek in your business, it can all completely change the game. Having clarity on what your values are and how this shapes the way your work creates the foundation for every action that you take, and then sharing this information across your team explicitly. This is what creates confidence and integrity in what it is that you are creating and sharing with the world. Visit pauseontheplay.com forward slash explicit to learn more about this collaborative and interactive workshop and sign up today. Ready to lead through your values?